Hello, welcome to York Street. We hope that this sermon will be an inspiring and impactful one, just what you need at this time. For any of our sermon-based studies, please head to our website at www.yorkstreet.com.au. So grab a cuppa, grab your notebook, whatever you need, and we hope that you enjoy the sermon. I wonder if um, you've heard of this thing called doom scrolling. Anyone? Sometimes when you're just going through maybe your social media feed, you find yourself so far away from where you started. I was doing this during the week and come across this article on Business Insider because, like, I'm really sophisticated, right, and I read Business Insider. (laughs) No, it was just on my Facebook feed. But nothing to do with business. But the article I found was nine useless body parts that humans no longer need. And so I found myself deep into this article, learning about all of the nine different body parts, including anyone lost, uh, got got rid of their appendix? Yeah, you didn't need it anyway, apparently. So cool. Um, Also the muscles that give you goosebumps, not required anymore. Cool. Maybe we've, some of us have got like remnants of a tailbone. Interesting. Or also the muscles that move your ears like this. Again, useless, but hey, I, I still put mine to good use at parties sometimes. But, so that kind of got me thinking about um, this week's message, right? So back in biblical times, they, they clearly didn't understand the human body in the way that we do now, yeah? We've had plenty of medical advances. We've, we've learnt lots about how the body works. What they did know is that there was an organ inside your chest called your heart, and you could feel it and you could kind of hear it. And it was doing something in there. And so, what do you do when you want to find out what's going on inside something? Well, you take it apart, right? The only trouble was, you die when your heart's not in your body. So that caused a bit of a problem. And so, their worldview at the time meant that they had no concept of their brain, or what their brain did. The fact that it held our emotions and our feelings, and this concept of our identity and all of those things that that our our brain does, right? They thought it all stemmed from the heart. And so we're starting a new series called The Heart of the Matter. And so you need to remember that as we journey over the next few weeks, that when we're talking about the heart in biblical terms, we're talking about so much more, so much, it's a far greater scope than just the, the biological and mechanical organ that we have in our heart in our chest, but it's in fact our whole being, our whole self, our whole uh, identity as, as a human being. And so I want you to keep that in mind as we, we journey through this series over the next few weeks. This series is designed for us to think about those, those things that we're allowing into our heart, the inflows into our life, into our, our being, into ourselves. And as a result, what's the outflow? What happens when when we interact with people around us, what does that look like? What are we storing in our heart and what is the outflow? And so we're going to look at that over the next few weeks. But before we jump into today's message, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that we are so intricately and and wonderfully made. Father God, we won't ever understand the the intricacies of the human body, but we we just thank you that we we are... um, 
we, we have not only uh, the, the biological and mechanical organ of a heart, but that we are so much more, that you see our true value, our true worth, uh, who we are inside. Father God, we, we thank you for this time to gather around your word. We pray that you might speak to us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. So the matter of the heart is simply this. It's your heart that matters. We learn throughout the scriptures that God is concerned with the condition of our hearts. What our life looks like in the everyday says a lot about the condition of our heart and the direction of our life. A relationship with Jesus has the power to change and transform our hearts and our lives, but it takes intentional action on our behalf. Like all relationships, it takes work, it takes commitment, it takes discipline. And we see this highlighted throughout the scriptures in both the Old Testament and the New Testament. Proverbs 3 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to him and he will make your paths straight. Well, Proverbs 4 says, Above all else, guard your heart, guard yourself, for everything you do flows from it. And our key passage for this this series and this message today comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 6, 43 to 45, where it says, No good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is recognised by its own fruit. Do not, uh, people do not pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. And so keeping in mind that the, the Hebrew people of the Old Testament and of the New Testament still had this same worldview of what, what the heart did and what the heart meant for people. And so we see that this spans both the Old and the New Testament. In Hebrew, the word levav or lev is used to describe the heart. And then we see the same, same context is used in the New Testament in the word cardia in the Greek, which where we get from like cardiac, yeah, like our, our heart. And so we, we see that both of these words mean that it's, it's the, the seat of our intelligence, the, the place where our, our constitution and our, our disposition as a person flows from. And it, it's the centre of, of human thought and, emotional, uh, and our emotions and our spiritual life. So if we revisit the, the passage from, from Luke again with that in mind, with, with the, the, the concept that our, our heart is so much greater than, than what we uh, understand in biological terms. A good man brings the good things out of the good stored up in his life, in himself. And, and an evil man brings evil things out of those things stored up in himself, in his life. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. See, what we put in determines what we get out what the product is, what the, the overflow from our lives truly is. Inflow and outflow. A bit like blood around our heart, yeah? Cause and effect. And so to get a better idea of uh, what, what this really means for us as far as applying it to our lives, I, I want us to explore a couple of things. Perhaps we need to stop for a moment and look inside. 
Work out what's really going on in here, what we have stored up in our hearts, in our lives. As believers, as believers we have this, this great desire to become more and more like Jesus. Yeah? We need to be constantly looking inside ourselves to, to assess our, our own spiritual condition. We need to be able to examine ourselves and see what our life is really producing. What's my worldview? What's my understanding of, of people and, and the world around me? And when we start to look inside, if you're anything like me, it's kind of messy in there. There's good things and there's bad things. And there's good things that are often good but sometimes bad. And there's bad things that are often bad but sometimes good. And there's some things that are really great. Some things that are old, some things that are new, some things that are borrowed and some things that are blue. But I guess, I guess the real question is, are they God things? They might be good or bad. We know God is fully good, right? So are they God things that we're storing in our hearts? And what better mirror do we have to help us examine ourselves than, than Scripture, yeah? The book of James, uh, chapter 1, verse 22 to 25 says, Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at their face in the mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they've heard but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. We need this biblical self-evaluation, this self-inspection. And a great practical indicator can be where we spend our time, right? We've all got plenty of different priorities in our, in our weeks. Maybe it's school, maybe, it's, uh, maybe we throw in church there on a Sunday, maybe school, work, family, there's plenty of stuff. Where do we spend the most of our time? Maybe there's also negative things that we throw in there. Maybe we spend far too much time playing computer games. Maybe we spend far too much on social media, a bit like me. Maybe there's negative things that are taking that time and that place of God things. So we need to continually be critically examining our lives. And maybe we need to hold ourselves accountable. Or maybe we need others to help us do that. So when we look inside, we get an indication of the condition of our heart, right? We, we can see in there, we, we need to assess what's the condition of our fruit. No good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. In our, in our self-inspection, it, it can show us the condition of our hearts and the mind, in our minds and our lives. And, and if our self-inspection reveals that we only have very few good fruit, then there's a great cause for concern. And we all know those good people that may be believers that still make mistakes, that still do bad things. And we know plenty of bad people that, that still do good things. It's a part of the human condition. But we hear from the book of Galatians, chapter 5, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. Against such things there is no law. So what's the measure of our fruit, whether our fruit is good or bad? Well, how joyful are we 
Maybe that's an easy one. We can almost even fake it if we, if we really want to. How gentle are we? How kind? Now well, that takes a bit more energy. That takes, we need to be intentional in that. How patient are we? Good sometimes. Not so good other times, I'm sure. Maybe there's some parents in the room that, that uh, might be challenged by patience sometimes. How about self-controlled? When it comes to those bad elements in our life, those, those non-God things, how do we exhibit our self-control? Maybe today there's areas of our, our life, areas of our heart that need a renovation to improve its condition so that it might become good fruit in our lives. Maybe there's an opportunity to invite God into our hearts to do that today because some areas of our life aren't quite right. Jesus simply makes the point that the good fruit, like joy and peace and patience, gentleness, goodness, etc., they, they come from a heart that has been changed by God. If we, if we can't become more like him, if we're trying to, to move in, in a direction of being more like Jesus, it makes good sense to invite him into the process, yeah? The mouth speaks what the heart is full of. See, our words are never meaningless. Our words have great importance and impact. And all of the, the actions or activities that Jesus could have used to, to communicate this with us, he uses the tongue. Our, our deeds, our, our thoughts, our attitudes are all a part of our, our daily actions. But, but our words, our words more often than not reveal our true character. And so when we look inside, we get an indication of the condition of our hearts, the condition of the fruit inside us. And the condition of our heart determines our life's direction. Proverbs 14, 12 says, There is a way that seems right to man, but its end is the way of death. Or Matthew puts it like this in his gospel. So these are Jesus' words. Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many enter through that, because it's easy, Right? But small is the gate and narrow is the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. See, left to our own devices, as humans, we, we, without God, we don't really have a great outlook on life. Yet he has greater plans for us. As we press into him and as we include him in our, our day-to-day, we, we seek, as we seek the things of God, allowing him to do that, that renovation in our heart, He tends to reveal himself and his plans more and more along the way. It makes sense that if we want to be in tune with him and all that he has in store for us, that that we become immersed in him. We, We spend time with him. We're in regular communication with him. And as a result, our life direction is transformed. Those those elements of life that once seemed hard that seemed a challenge, that were tiresome, they slowly become good fruit. When our heart is transformed by God, the organic outflow of our lives is good fruit. Those fruits of the Spirit that we spoke about out of Galatians, 
It doesn't mean life gets easy. Those, sti- those things still come to us. The hardships of life still happen. But the way we face it, the way we work through it, we have an opportunity to display those, those fruits. The love, the joy, the peace, the patience, self-control. And who knows that a life with Jesus in your heart is an adventure. There's sharp corners. There's uphill battles. Sometimes you're coming down the other side of the hill holding on for dear life. Things don't look the same anymore when Jesus is in your life. Things don't feel the same anymore. Jesus. Things have a greater meaning, a greater purpose. We have a greater understanding of what's happening around us because of Jesus. We have a life worth living now because of Jesus. And when we, we truly step into to a life with, with Jesus every step of the way, when we, when we do this, not because he commands it, but because we truly want to honour him and we truly want to spend time with him, these things become the, the organic outflow of who we are. Things are changed now. It's not out of obligation, it's out of worship. It's out of honour. When we want to become more like him, and when we do things that help, help us along those, those, that, that journey, that trajectory, we can't help but praise him. We can't help but go to him with our problems. We can't help but, but honour him with our lives, with our decisions, with everything of our entire heart, our entire being. But how? Well, it's getting up each and every day and pressing on. Because it's hard. It can be hard. But every day, getting up, and today I live for Jesus. Today I'm turning my heart towards him, and today I'm going to do the best I can to live for him. The Jewish people in the Old Testament, and still today, get up every day, every morning, and reciting what, what we know as the Shema, the Shema prayer. Every morning and every evening, Jewish people gather to pray to God, to remind themselves, to keep them accountable to him, having their, having their heart right with him when they rise and when they go to bed. The Shema prayer comes from Deuteronomy 6, where it says, Hear, O Israel, the, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with your soul and with all your strength. I wonder what you start your day with and end your day with. Are you making that conscious decision to, to start your day and finish your day honouring God with all that you got? Life's busy, I get it. It's not easy. And this is probably one of the most cliched things you'll hear from churches. So stay with me. But it's absolutely important. And I'm not shy in, in challenging you. How often do you read your Bible? How often do you pray? Not because I tell you to. Because, not because it's something you need to check off your Christian task list every day. Not because it makes you a good Christian, because it doesn't. Not because it's a chore. Because we all know that chores are tedious. We don't like doing them. And they become pointless. That's why we don't do chores at our place. Jokes. <laughs> And the thing is, 
No one knows whether you do it or not. <laughs> they know if you don't do your chores. No one knows whether you read your Bible. No one knows when and how you pray. I'm not going to ring you every day and check in to make sure you've done it. If I thought it was worth it, maybe I would. But I'm not sure. So when do you really sit in the scriptures? Not because it's obligation, because it's out of worship and honour, allowing God to reveal and, and, and challenge you and change your heart's condition. When do you pray? Not just coming to him with all the things you need in life. Coming to him out of adoration out of praise, out of worship, out of all of the, the things that he's already done, thanking him and praising him. Imagine what the fruit could be. And I'm not at all saying I'm amazing at this. <laughs> and there's going to be other people in the room right now that, that are in the same boat. It's not about feeling guilty or shameful. But I, I, I want you to walk out of here a bit different today. Not feeling convicted because, oh, Anthony told me to read my Bible and pray more. It's the same old sermon that we've heard probably plenty of times being at church. But I want you to walk out of here feeling convicted to press into your relationship with God. If you don't have a Bible or you need to learn how to pray, if this is all new to you, this is precisely the reason we exist here. To get alongside one another to teach one another, to show each other the ways of Jesus. If you don't have a Bible, I'm the guy with the red shirt and the cool top knot. Come and find me. I'll get you a Bible. If you, if you want to pray, we'll help you. It's as simple as that. So as we wrap up today, I wonder whether there's an opportunity for us to look inside. What have we got stored up in our hearts, in our lives? What's the condition of our fruit? And what's the direction of our life? And so what from today, when you walk out of this place, what's going to change? As we wrap up, the, the band's welcome to come up if they like. I want to read a poem to you that I come across this week. It's called, Would I Be Called a Christian? It goes like this. Would I be called a Christian? If everybody knew my secret thoughts and feelings and everything I do, or could they see the likeness of Christ in me each day? Or could they hear him speaking in everything I say? Would I be called a Christian if everybody could know that I'm found in places where Jesus would not go? Or could they hear his echo in every song I sing? In eating and drinking and dressing, could they see Christ my King? Would I be called a Christian if judged by what I read, by all my recreations and every thought and deed? Could I be counted Christ-like as I now work and pray, unselfish, kind, forgiving to others every day? Would I be called a Christian? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we, we thank you that you're at work in our lives, that our, that our interactions with you 
leave us changed. Leave us changed along, along this journey of becoming more like Jesus. Father God, would that be the desire of our hearts? That we might rid ourselves of these, these bad fruits, those, those things in our life where, where they don't align with you and your will. And would you replace them? Because only through your power can we experience those, those good fruit, the joy, the peace, the patience, the self-control. Father God, would you do a renovation in our hearts when we feel depleted or empty, when those, those, those fruits seem pretty bad? Would you come in and refresh them? Would you draw us closer to yourself through your word and through communication, through prayer, Father God? Would we, would be, we be people that, that come before you in adoration and worship regardless of our circumstances, regardless of what we face? Because there's always going to be those things. Father God, we love you. May we be people that are working on our relationship with you. Be with us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would like prayer or to find our sermon-based studies, please head to our website or check the description below for a link. If you enjoyed the video, feel free to share the video, like, subscribe, and hit the bell icon for updates of when we release new videos. Remember, life can be tough, so let's do it together.